Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And uh, tonight we are going to be talking about angels. Uh, We were supposed to have Jay Gordon Melton on about his book, The Vampire Book. Uh, He had to reschedule, so we will have him on. Uh, But tonight we just had to come up with something to fill in the gap. Um, And this is one that we haven't covered on this show, but have covered in past shows. And Eric has Mm -hmm. also studied quite a bit on in the past. All right. So for everybody who hasn't heard of angels before, which I highly doubt there is any, but just for argument's sake, why don't you tell everybody what angels are? Uh, the most simple way to put it is that the angels or an angel is just simply a servant of God. Um, there's many different beliefs as to what they do and how they do it. Uh, some think that they're around just to protect mankind uh, and for that purpose only. But others believe that that's not their main purpose. Their main purpose is to worship God and to obey his commands, whether that be helping someone or living delivering any other need uh, that God may have in any particular for any particular reason, um, which God is more than capable of doing, but he uses his angels, which, you know, is obviously something we can't fathom understand why he would use angels considering he has the power to control anything and everything at the same time. But it's just something that he does. He has this hierarchy of angels, which uh, he created as many believe. Uh, before man and before earth was even created. And, of course, there's a lot of debate and discussion as to whether or not that's true. Some people believe the angels are created alongside humans um, and something that they're much, much, much older, Uh, especially when you get into the whole idea or thoughts and beliefs of fallen angels, such as Lucifer and uh, the third of the stars that fell with him. So and there's like go ahead. Well, go ahead. I was just thinking like where is it? I know I've probably read it, but where is it that uh, angels are first mentioned in the Bible? Uh, Genesis. When technically they're mentioned first and foremost in Genesis, uh, often, usually the first time you hear of angels is when. It's oh, a tough one, actually. I'm trying to think because I don't know if uh, the angel of the Lord was mentioned first or the sons of God or the fallen angels, if you will, even, um, that were mentioned in Genesis 6. I'm not sure which comes first. Uh, it might be the fallen angels in Genesis 6 when it said that the uh, you know, that the sons of God uh you know, slept with the women of earth and created the Nephilim, which again is a, also a very hot debate as to whether or not the sons of God are truly angels or just uh, um, like men who believe and worship God at that time, but ended up falling in love with people who were pagans and who denounced the name of God and practiced witchcraft amongst a number of other things, uh, which is considered evil. Uh, Otherwise, it's the angel of the Lord, which actually isn't an angel at all, but it's actually Jesus Christ himself presenting himself in front of humans at the time. But they never call him Jesus at the time. It's always, every time you hear the name or the words of the name, the angel of the Lord appeared to Abraham, for example, is actually a representation of Jesus himself appearing to Abraham uh, or to any person when that particular term is used. <clears throat> but Genesis hmm. is when it's first mentioned. Now, this, I mean, and I know that Wikipedia isn't the best place to, to get information, but this is um, Joe Feel was the one that expelled Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. In the Bible, isn't it God that expels them from the Garden of Eden? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I don't know who Tokyo is. It's obviously not biblical. 
Um, I don't recall reading that name at any point when reading the entire Bible. But, uh, yeah, it was after Adam and Eve sinned, and he, I mean, he already knew that they sinned, but he tested them to see if they would lie to him, which they did. Um, and he ended up uh, casting them out of Eden, uh, which is a place that was basically a land of flowing milk and honey. Uh, everything they could have ever wanted was in that one particular place. Uh, but because of their sin, he kicked them out because they're no longer, uh, basically due to punishment, as of as per their punishment, they can no longer enter that place. And he ended up placing a cherub above a tree, uh, which was also known or has been read as a floating sword or a golden sword that floated above the tree. Uh, the sword and the cherubim pretty much are one and the same. It's basically the guard that would guard oh. the... Uh, yeah, the uh, that would guard Eden basically for eternity until we as humans were allowed back in after uh, the salvation through Christ. He would then, you know, would redeem us in the end. Okay, well, yeah, it does say here there are only two angels mentioned in this is the Hebrew Bible, but obviously Christianity merged the. Hebrew Bible with Christ, the Christian Bible, because I believe it's the Old Testament that's all the Jewish Bible, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming that that means that that was Michael and Gabriel that are mentioned. It says the rest are from extra-biblical tradition, which I guess that means just people's theories. Oh, yeah. yeah well, um, people's theories, uh, some of those angels like Raphael and Metatron have been mentioned in other Bibles, they've also been they, there have also been individuals mentioned in the Apocrypha, which were books that may or may may not be true or real, or they may just simply be fantasy stories. Uh, but the Hebrews and the Jews, you know, researched those books and looked into them intently and prayed about it and came to the conclusion that they did not have any. Uh, valid authority whatsoever and were not truly the inspired word of God. And so they became the Apocrypha books, which you can typically find in the Catholic Bible. Um, I know I have most of the Apocrypha books. Uh, and uh, one of the most popular ones is the Maccabees, um, first Maccabees, second Maccabees. I also have uh, Bell and the Dragon, which is an interesting story. But the reason that they're really you know, the Apocrypha, I mean, is it just because that they uh, aren't the inspired word of God or haven't proven themselves to be the inspired word of God? But also when you read them, there's a lot of details that, that, uh, that aren't accurate, that aren't mm. accurate. You know, I know a lot of people will say that the Bible itself has a lot of, uh, you know, scripture that'll contradict another piece of scripture or a lot of uh, cities that don't exist. But the truth is there's nothing in the Bible that contradicts something else in the Bible. They all go hand in hand. And of course the people who uh, believe that they contradict one another are, and I'm trying to be nice (laughs) or people who are not Christian and don't take the time to study and are, overall ignorant to the fact of what the scriptures really are. And they just want their own personal opinions instead of looking into the truth. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there's a lot of cities that have been mentioned in the Bible that seem to not exist, only to find out later on that there has been archaeological uh, findings that did prove those cities that were once, you know, believed to be false. Uh, And when you go back into the historical books, not the not the Bible itself, but other historical books outside the Bible, there are a lot of things that uh, go hand-in-hand hand with the Scriptures and prove them to be true. So, where the Apocrypha well, doesn't. Look at all of the cities and countries that have changed names, too. Like, mm-hmm. just because it's not that name anymore doesn't mean it didn't exist. It just was changed or... The culture that was there no longer lives there because they were taken over by somebody else. Right. Um, some of the 
they they list the hierarchy here and they say it's listed in the books um like the the Chayat Ha Kadesh. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh the Ophanim, the Aralim, the Hashmalim, Seraphim, the Malachim, the Elohim, the Bene Elohim, Cherubim, and then the Isham. Do those all sound familiar to you? Nope. <laughs> a few of them, obviously, the seraphim and the cherubim. Uh, the seraphim and the cherubim are technically the only two angels and the archangel, which is uh, really mentioned in the Bible or the term angels. Um, seraphim is obviously mentioned. Cherubim is mentioned. Angels, the ter- just the word angel is mentioned. Uh, thrones, dominions, virtues, powers, principalities, archangels. Those are are all mentioned. Archangels, I believe, is mentioned when they're talking about Michael um, in both Isaiah or in Isaiah. I can't remember offhand. Um, but yeah, cause it says, I haven't gone. The Aralim was Isaiah 33.7. The Ophanim and the Chayat Hak. Kadesh or whatever is from Ezekiel chapters one through ten or one and ten. Sorry, um, chapters or verses? Chapters? It says chapters Does one and ten. Does it have the verses? Does it have the No, it doesn't. It just says chapters one and ten. Um, I don't. Was I thought Ezekiel was one of the books that wasn't in the Bible? No, Ezekiel's in the Bible. Oh, okay. He was, uh, Maybe he's I'm a prophet. Talking about and he's actually, if you look into some uh, Christian extraterrestrial believers who will claim that his uh, vision, if you will, was that of a UFO and not of God on his throne or on his uh, chariot. Uh, yeah, chariot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, of course, goes into a much bigger debate or question right. that you know, obviously using for this particular show episode, but. Well, yeah, because there's, there's books out, one of them, which is called the chariots of the gods and supposedly it's UFOs. Um, but yeah, that we don't want to rabbit trail too much because there's a lot of information on this. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And then uh, let's see that the, the Aralim was in Isaiah 33, seven, uh, the Hashmalim is in Ezekiel one four. Uh the Melakim, which is messengers and angels, it doesn't say a book. Um it some of them it just says the what the name stands for. The Elohim, the godly beings, the Bena Elohim, the sons of godly beings, the cherubim, uh it says see Talmud Hagaiga. 13b. I'm not even sure what book that is or if it's just a Jewish. Well, uh, all right. Hold on. Before before you continue on, go back to Ezekiel, one, the, the name that was mentioned in Ezekiel 1-4 or claimed to be mentioned in Ezekiel 1-4. Can you tell me what that was again? The Hashmalim? That, that might have been it. Um, so there's, for whatever reason, belief that this is the thing. A lot of people want to create angels of their own, and they'll use pretty much anything in Scripture to do so. The name, that particular name, I'm not even going to try to say that name because I can't. Uh, <laughs> the name you just mentioned is not yeah. mentioned in the Bible at all whatsoever. Ezekiel 1.4 says, I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal. That name that you just mentioned is supposed to represent the term windstorm. And so they're claiming that this windstorm is himself an angel or an angelic being, which, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty confident that when Ezekiel mentioned that he saw a windstorm, he literally saw a windstorm that we often see today, you know, and, you know, you got to remember that at this particular time uh, where this passage and this particular piece of the scripture was written, um, he was likely in a desert area. So what we now consider a desert storm 
which is often created by a lot of wind, a windstorm that picks up a lot of dust, that's what he saw. He saw the windstorm coming. Probably he saw a huge dust cloud coming from the north. Uh, and, of course, the scriptures do say or mention that there are angels that control the elements, um, or demons even as well, that control the elements of earth. That is wind, water, fire, uh, you know, a number of different elements. But to come up with an actual name for it uh, in this particular instance might be completely blowing everything out of proportion according to what Ezekiel's really saying. Okay, well, and this says it's it's from the Torah, which is the the Jewish uh, the Bible now. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's still the Old Testament. The same exact uh, scripture that we oh, have okay. in English. And, of course, there's a I, debate as that, too, because obviously some words have been changed slightly, but... Well, yeah, and I mean, some understandings have been changed after each uh, each each type of Bible that has come out. So, where uh, the Jew, Jews probably thought it was angels, we've come to determine that it was actually just a storm that Ezekiel was seeing. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think we'll take our first break. Um, did you want to do your random fact first, or do you want me to do the headlines first? Um, go ahead and do your headlines first. Okay. Okay, folks, we're going to have the paranormal headlines and a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. And now, Parachutes Radio's Paranormal Headlines. A little girl in Cleveland, Ohio, is trying to raise money for sick children. Elena Cancellari, daughter of Matt and Wendy Cancellari, is only six years old and trying to raise $500 to give to Treasure Each Moment, a nonprofit organization that helps children with special medical needs. Every little bit helps. Since this week's topic is angels, I think it's safe to say that this is one angelic little girl. You can donate at GoFundMe.com forward slash PL, the number six, TGK. That's GoFundMe.com forward slash PL, six, TGK. Oops. That is not the Paranormal Headlines outro, folks. I'm sorry. This has been your Paranormal Headlines. The Mongolian Death Word. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. Ladies and gentlemen, sublimely elegant here as always, and you are listening to Fairy Truth Radio. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow! Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course! Catchy! I like it! Okay, River! Dude! How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you here? Cool. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, oak tree? Stop. Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like, consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think he would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. 
Squirrel. Has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. And what do people normally wear? Clothes. Exactly. So now Mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Clothes keep us warm, they look good, and if we go out without them, the neighbors will talk. So it's important to know how to get dressed. Here's how it's done. Underwear always comes first, name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. If you're wearing a tie, it goes over, round, round, through, and pull tight. Tuck your shirt into your pants and zip up your flap. Socks go in first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. I love bunnies. Good to know. Now remember, spots don't go with stripes, socks don't go with sandals, and if you've tucked in your shirt, wear a belt. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. This is David Montaigne, author of End Times in 2019, and you are listening to Paratruth Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And uh, tonight we've been talking about angels. I do have to apologize for dropping the ball on the paranormal headlines. Apparently I entered the wrong outro for that. (laughs) Shelly actually has an app that that's all it does is that noise. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we've been talking about the hierarchy of angels, um, Obviously, uh, and I don't know where these people are getting their information, but um, apparently, you know, they're putting these books in here, but it's not necessarily true. Um, Did you look at Seraphim for Isaiah 6? Uh, Seraphim is mentioned in Isaiah 6. Okay. Uh, Aralim in Isaiah 37. What's that? Say that again? Uh, the Aralim in Isaiah 33.7? The Aralim, Isaiah 33.7, you say. Yeah. Let's find out. Uh, Again, it might be just what they thought the representation of an angel would be, but... Uh, Isaiah 33.7 says, Look, the brave man cry aloud in the streets. The envoys of peace weep bitterly. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're getting that one. Yeah. That was Isaiah um, 33 7, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it says. Isaiah 33 7. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I don't know um, where they're going with that one. And like I said, I don't know where they're coming up with these names because, like, the Malachim, um, messengers, angels, because. Um, literally the translation as far as I've seen is angel is the messenger of God. Um, So that's what it is. Yeah. So I don't know what, why I don't understand why Malachim is put in as messenger messengers, angels, because angel means messenger. Right. So I don't know. So, I mean, it depends, I guess. Um, some have said, and I know I've read this in the uh, uh, my theology books, that the seraphim are sometimes considered the you know the big messengers of God, the ones that God will typically talk to and send them to uh, give messages to to the people on earth. <laughs> um, however. I mean, I think God, I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I would imagine that God can use pretty much any angel to be a messenger. Even Michael was a messenger at one point, and he's an archangel. An archangel is a warrior of God. They are built to fight, to defend, to stand guard, uh, and yet he delivered messages. You know, and and that's what angels do. They deliver messages for God um, in certain circumstances, which obviously is you actually see quite often in the Bible, especially the Old Testament. You see angels all the time. In the New Testament, 
it's much, 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 much more rare because Jesus appears as himself mm-hmm. instead of right. angels. Um, so, yeah. Well, and it, sa- it says here that there's, I mean, they only give like six names. Again, I don't know where these names are coming from, but they should, they name Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel, Samael, who they name as the angel of death. Again, I'm not sure where they're getting that from. Oh, just because the translation of his name means angel of death. Uh, mm-hmm. Sandalfin uh, and Jophiel. And that's from mm-hmm. the the Torah. And then in the Christian uh, hierarchy, they have just the names of the ones that they have are Gabriel, Michael, Raphael, Uriel, and Lucifer. Um, Raphael was the other one, not Lucifer, but Uriel, Gabriel, Michael, Uriel. See, I haven't heard Raphael or, or Raphael and Uriel are not mentioned in the scriptures at all. Um, when you say Christian, I mean they are. I'm pretty confident they're both mentioned in the Apocrypha, which the Catholics believe to be or somewhat uh, inspired word of God, and they use them. Unfortunately, you know. What that could just mean is that Catholicism believes in certain lies that aren't true. Um, and, I mean, you simply, they, <clears throat> Catholics typically read from the Book of Wisdom, which in of itself is a apocryphal book. They rarely read from the Holy Bible itself. Uh, usually when you see, when you're in a Catholic Mass, they pick up a big, giant red book with gold uh, on it, and that book mm-hmm. is the Book of Wisdom, which is what they read from, uh, and that's considered to be. And it depends because there's like the Apocrypha version, but then there's also like Proverbs and Psalm, well not Psalm, oh. Proverbs, which is the Book of Wisdom also because that's what uh, Solomon had written when he was in the presence of God. You know, when he was a believer and he stayed close to Him. Uh, the uh, what's it? I want to say Ecclesiastes, I think, was the book that Solomon wrote after he fell from God's grace, if you will. He turned away from God and didn't acknowledge him anymore. He stopped praying. He stopped, um, you know, showing Mm -hmm. his um, praise and love for God. And he ended up doing the things that became what we know of eventually as the lesser key of Solomon, the greater key of Solomon, when he started uh, using magic spells and sigils to raise demons to do certain biddings and that he was able to to control them, uh, whether or not he was really able to control them is, you know, another debate altogether. But... Well, it's kind of interesting to see, like we were talking about before the show, that there, I mean, angels come up in several other religions, Islam, I've never heard of some of these religions, Baha'i faith, Neoplatonism, uh, Zoroatrianism, Sikhism, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing half of these correctly, Uh, Brahma Kumaris, Theosophy, Hermetic Kabbalah, which is actually Jewish. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's a bunch of different uh, other articles here, like Contemporary Belief in Angels. Um, And some of the artwork that they show is just really interesting and, and really beautiful. Like there's a picture of an angel, uh, Comforting Jesus by Carl Heinrich Bloch. Uh, there's a picture mm-hmm. of the Archangel Michael uh, by uh, Guido Rennie. Um, there's another one by Bernard Plackhorst. Um, so, I mean, the symbolism is 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 there even in in art and even in literature i mean there's 
several uh, writers who use angels as their main characters. Um, right. I, I forget who it is, uh, but somebody – I want to say it's Dean Koontz, but I'm not – really sure but there's a writer who writes about a scientist who's trying to bring angels to humanity by splicing bird dna with human dna and having humans that are born with bird wings um not a representation of angels at all it's just kind of interesting to see how people can can take that story and make it a little bit different. And then it's science fiction. (laughs) Right. Um, but like, uh, some of the, the names that are also mentioned, like from the Quran, which is, uh, Gabriel, Michael, uh, Azrael, which I've heard the name Azrael before as an angel, not, from the Quran. So again, I don't know if, you know, when people are looking up these names, that's where they're getting it from. Um, Malik. And this is the weird thing about the Quran. Like Malik, there's an angel that actually guards hellfire, which to me kind of blows my mind due to the fact that, um, I have I have followed Christianity, and to have an angel that gar- guards hellfire to me would be more of a, a fallen angel, not a angel of God. So, right, right. Even though they all are or were at one point an angel well, of God, but see, the thing is, a lot of people think of hell and they think, oh, you know, that's where the devil hangs out and that's where the demons are. But you have to remember that hell was not created for man. Hell already existed when humans were uh, you know, were conceived by God, brought to by God. Um, hell was created specifically for Satan himself, for the devil right, and for the stars that fell. Therefore, Satan, even though he has this uh, this pride and this belief that he will one day overthrow God and take over the throne, still in the back of his mind, you know, I mean, the last place he wants to be is anywhere near hell because it is not a place that's all fun and dandy like many uh, non-believers believe. You know, they think, oh, hell is going to be a party, blah, blah, blah. But (laughs) hell, again, is designed for the demons. And the fact that humans fell have the unfortunate, um, well, just have you know, the poor fortune of having to suffer in hell if they don't come to believe in Christ as the one true God and the Lord and Savior uh, who had died and rose again. Um, And so, yeah, Satan, as far as I'm concerned and believe and truly believe with all my heart, has never, ever, ever even seen hell. He's never been to hell. Um, He has no reason to go there, and there's really no point because there's a chance that one day in his mind, there's a chance we know on the other side that uh, it's a fact that he'll be suffering there for eternity. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, hell is it's it is guarded and manned by angels of God, not by fallen angels. Uh, God himself controls it. He has angels stationed there to guard the hellfire. He has angels there to do whatever it is that they're meant to do in hell. Um, and they are angels of God. They're not evil. They're they're created by God specifically for that purpose. And what exactly that purpose is, we don't know. Why exactly for that purpose, we don't know. But, yeah, it's very safe to say that demons do not guard hell by any means or have any control of it. trying to see what other information we've got here. Well, the one thing that we didn't really do is go through the the Christian um, hierarchy, or at least the hierarchy of angels in, in you know the total, which in which there are considered nine hierarchies. I believe it's actually less than nine when you come into the Christian uh, theology. And I know a lot of people, like, they base 
a lot of this stuff. Like, for example, seraphim, cherubim, uh, archangels, and angels are considered uh, a hierarchy, if you will, within Christianity. However, people have also added in thrones, uh, dominations, or dominions. In particular, it's really dominions, uh, virtues, and powers, and principalities. But that doesn't necessarily come from Scripture, although in Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18, which is is titled The Armor of God, it does say that, and I'm actually going to just read it straight from uh, the King James Version. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this dark world, and against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, And so principalities, powers, rulers of this dark world, those can be considered hierarchies. In this particular instance, they're the hierarchies of demons. Uh, But it is and could be safe to say that these are also hierarchies for the heavenly angels as well. But I think that this particular, these particular words, thrones, dominions, virtues, powers, and principalities, actually come from a number of different poems and writings that were written outside of the Bible, one in particular being the Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri, which oh, okay. I think you're pretty familiar with. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. I'm familiar with, and I've played the video game, which is a great <laughs> yeah. video game, by the way. It's so much fun. I'm waiting for a second version because they left a cliffhanger and, you know, the the haven't done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's been years, man. It's been years. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> still waiting. Anyway, uh, so yeah, um, it is safe to say that seraphim are the highest uh, of the angels simply because the term seraphim means burning ones. And the reason they're considered the burning ones is because they're constantly, at all times, in the presence of God in his throne room, uh, worshiping him, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the term for burning ones, or why they're considered the burning ones, is due to the glory of God himself, that he is so glorious and, uh, you know, amazing that they literally burn in his presence. Uh, And the seraphim, I know we haven't really discussed this yet, um, like in regards to characteristics or how they look, according right. to Isaiah six, according to Isaiah six, uh, the seraphim have six wings, two which cover their face, two which cover their feet, and two with which they fly. Uh, I have to, I have to double check to see what the ones that cover their feet mean, but the ones that cover their face is uh, a representation of humility and the fact that. God is so glorious, they cannot and will not look at him. Um, and I think the, I can't remember exactly what the feet represent, why they cover their feet. But there's also another, it's another humility aspect of these particular angels. Uh, and I could look, I'll look into that real quick. But. <clears throat> All right. Well, why don't we take our second break and you can do the random fact and then uh yep. we'll finish up with cuz I was going to ask about the the uh, the characteristics of the seraphim and then we'll get into the characteristics of the other ones in the hierarchy um all right okay. folks you're listening to Paratruth Radio and uh we're going to have Eric's random fact and a quick uh little break and we will be right back now Eric's random facts of the day. Each of the suits on the deck of cards actually represents something in particular. In fact, the four major pillars of the economy in the Middle Ages are seen on the front of the card. The heart represented the church. The spades represented the military. The clubs represented agriculture. And diamonds represented the merchant class. This was Eric's random fact of the day. (laughs) 
Bill Hall, author of the book, The World's Most Haunted House, and you're listening to Paratruth Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And uh, we have been talking about angels. Uh, We just started getting into the different characteristics of the uh, different angels in the hierarchy. Uh, We were talking about the seraphim. Um, Now, for regular just angels or archangels even um actually there is a difference uh, uh, archangels are believed to have black wings correct um that's a belief it's not a biblical belief by okay. any means but it is considered a belief i know um, that they are I know, depicted in different uh pictures and paintings and stuff with having black wings with over white black wings. wings yeah and if you recall we that night that uh, I became saved with that, uh, the stuff that you and I did Yeah. Uh, back in September 2009. I had seen uh, angels with black wings fighting large black masses in my basement um, as a vision that I had seen. Now, whether or not the vision was an accurate vision or more so uh, a vision representing, I guess, the characteristics of something that I believed um, if yeah. that makes sense, or you know, that's up in the air. But <laughs> now, do and this is just going by. I don't know if it's mentioned in in the Bible. I can't remember. Um, are do all angels have halos? Is it mentioned in the Bible that they have halos? I don't think no. I don't think halos are actually mentioned in the Bible. The halo is not existing. I don't know where the halo comes from. Okay, because, I mean, again, it, it's a depiction in, in a lot of pictures. Most of them don't yeah. ha, don't show a, a halo in, in the paintings, but, it, I mean, it's well, mentioned. 
in a couple usually of different when things. an angel yeah usually when an angel appears to a human in the bible uh they fall to, the person falls to their knees in fear and even try worshiping the angel because of its glory and glory here can represent a number of different things but one of them it does represent a number of different things but one of them is the immense light that it gives uh it's almost a blinding light and so that in of itself could be the depiction of the halo to represent the light source uh, that, oh, okay. you know, burns from within them being an angel of God, uh, which is, you know, in of itself amazing, but it's even more amazing to think that these angels are only, you know, barely a fingerprint of God, you know, and so you can only imagine what, if people were in such fear that they would bow down and worship an angel or try to bow down and worship an angel uh, due to their glory, you can only imagine how much more how much more glorious God Himself is, and how much more bright, you know, and blinding He is. Um, and there is an instance in which, uh, and of course, this wasn't necessarily due to light, but there have been instances in which uh, God has blinded people due to His light on purpose, um, especially within the Old Testament, <clears throat> um, or at least has you know created the miracle blinding people, and even Paul himself was blinded for a small period of time due to his lack of faith and his persecution of Christians, uh, which is a pretty interesting story to read as well in the book of Acts. So, um, does it say anywhere in the Bible, like, the description of just a regular angel, like does it say white wings with robes and all this other stuff, or is this just people's depictions of what they think an angel would look like? Um, these are pretty much depictions of what the angels look like. Uh, there has been, um, you know, a description more or less of what God looks like, but when you actually read the descriptions, it's obviously uh, the author's best way of describing because basically to describe God is impossible because there are characteristics of God that are just impossible to describe in human terms. Uh, I know one particular passage, I can't, don't quote me on this, I think it might have been Ezekiel though, said that when he had seen God, he had uh, eyes like fire and his arms and legs are like bronze. Uh, his hair was like white wool. Um, it, it, it made a number of different things that just, I like mentioned, that just didn't make sense. Like the, the thought of his eyes being like fire uh, or being on fire, you know, you question, were, are his eyes literally on fire or is it just, uh, are they just like super bright and almost as if they're burning through you in a sense, you know, the way he yeah. looks at you. Um, you know, those are the questions that come forth. And also with like uh, his arms and legs being a bronze, Obviously, he's not really bronze, as we know he's a spiritual nature. Other than Jesus, of course, who is uh, 100% human and 100% uh, uh, God. <clears throat> but you still have the question, like, what does that mean? What does the term bronze mean in this case? Is it just the color? Is it the radiance? Which I'm thinking is more so the case. Uh, I mean, what is it exactly? In, right. We can only describe it in earthly terms. That's why I'm kind of curious how like people came to understand what an angel looks like if there's no like depiction in the Bible or even though they're in other holy books like where did the depiction of, of an angel actually come from other than well, the, um, the seraphim okay well no yeah let me uh go back on something um, because there there has been, you have a depiction of the seraphim and you do have a depiction of a cherub uh, in the Old Testament particularly only you would go into a bebop trying to say in particular <laughs> um, so, so terrible. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, in the book of... Ah, goodness, I can't remember what book. I want to say... Exodus. I think it's Exodus, probably. Maybe. It has to be Exodus. I... I'm pretty sure it's not this. Maybe you know. Um, God <laughs> had them create. Yeah, God had the Israelites create the uh, the Ark of the Covenant, and uh-huh. He gave dimensions and visuals as to what this Ark of the Covenant should look like. And one of the things He told them to do was to place two cherubim on top of the Ark, and He described them as having two wings. Um, amongst a couple of other small details that I can't necessarily remember offhand. But he did mention two wings to the cherubs, and we do have six wings to the seraphs. But as for, like, the archangels, obviously, we don't really know, or I don't know, anyway. And I don't... It's not mentioned in the Bible, so... Okay. Well, and... I only know cherubs just from the depiction in in paintings of, like, Childlike angels is is that described oh, yeah. in the Bible when, at all? Oh, childlike angels. You mean like Cupid, like the angel yeah. in the diaper? Right. Uh, yeah, that's like like with the whole Valentine's Day thing, you know, and that crap. Um, sorry, I'm not a huge fan of Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a really big frown face from someone. I was just gonna say you, you're. Um, your friend or girlfriend or whatever you want to call her who probably would disagree with you at that point. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, when and cher- the cherub, <laughs> okay, so there's a delay. There's a delay between the radio right now and what she's listening to. And she right. Yeah. You say your friend or girlfriend or whatever. So now she's over here cracking up laughing hysterically. <laughs> Um, thank you for that, Justin. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> the cherub, as is the version for Valentine's Day, is a false representation of what a cherub really is. Cherubs are not babies, and they're, as far as I know, no such thing as baby angels. Because I don't think God just said, oh, I'm going to make some baby angels in diapers. They're going to be all cute for Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> Angels are warriors, they are servants, they are neither man nor woman, so they are often considered the sons of God, they are considered men, but they have no... Sex. Uh, yeah, they have no sex. So gender. You don't know, yeah, you know, there's obviously no... Yeah, gender, that's the term, real term we're looking for. Either, <laughs> those, two, either those two can be worked, whichever suits you. Um, but yeah, so baby angels... No. I wouldn't so say like angels. baby angels, just just like smaller. I guess not smaller either. Lower angels than than the rest. Oh uh, well, I mean, there's a hierarchy of angels. Yeah, I mean, there are angels since they're lower uh, per se. Uh, obviously, I think there are certain pretty much any angel, just like any person, uh, upon our death, if we you know, truly believe in Christ, will go to heaven, and we will be in the throne room with God sitting at his right hand. Um, And the angels have the ability to go into the throne room uh, and seek God as well uh, and ask things. We see that in the book of Job when the sons of God came before the presence of God. Yeah, that makes sense. The sons of God came before the presence of God. (laughs) Michael was there. Michael, who's an archangel, was there. We know the seraphim were there, and we know Lucifer himself was there as well. Um, because God said, Lucifer, you know, what are you doing here, basically? Um, and it was, that particular instance was when Lucifer went to God to see if he can attack uh, God's greatest man, you know, greatest servant or man of God on earth uh, at that particular time, which is Job. And so, yeah, so, yeah, I think regardless of the hierarchy, they all have, you know, the okay and the ability to seek God's face, you know. Um, right. Very humbly, very, very humbly. And since we're on this on the topic as well, 
this is something that I was confused about in the past and learned eventually through friends and through theology, um, but I didn't quite understand it when I was first saved. Some people believe that to this day angels can still fall. Angels like men and women also had a free will when they were first created. Uh, men and women, you know, humans still had that free will. When angels had their free will, uh, and no, they do still have free will to an extent, Lucifer and his warriors, if you will, or his army or his angels chose to rebel against God. At that particular moment, everything locked, meaning that all the angels that fell will remain fallen and will never, ever, ever find the grace of God again, nor his mercy. And the angels that stayed with God and stayed true and faithful to him will never, ever fall. Um, they will always, forever be in the presence of God and be his, you know, holy army, his angels, and they can never sin against him whatsoever. Um, even though they still do have free will, they just, they cannot sin. So, Okay. Well, and I mean that's kind of an important part because most people don't realize that. Um, all right, folks, uh, we're coming to the end of the show. Uh, we have been talking about angels. Uh, Eric, I wanted to give you a real quick chance to uh, promote the movie again. Oh yeah, uh, the revealed. Uh, it's a movie about extraterrestrial life and spiritual warfare. Uh, what is the difference? What is the truth? Do aliens really exist, and are we alone in the universe? Uh, many people claim to be abducted by aliens, to be, and I'm going to go there, to be probed and abused, and, you know, you name it, by aliens and extraterrestrial life. And I'm talking about the little green Martians, the reptilians, the graves, uh, the insectoids, whatever they are. Uh, people have claimed to be attacked by them. People have to see them through Area 51, uh, the Area 51 base in Roswell, uh, upon a number of other different places. People have to see UFOs. But the question is, are those things really real? Is it a figment of our imagination? Is it something much, much more? And those are questions that will be answered in a movie that I have written and I am producing and directing this upcoming fall, 2015, called The Revealed. And you can check out, learn more information at facebook.com forward slash The Revealed Movie. And if you go there, you know, click like, share it with your friends, with your family. You want to get as many likes as possible. The more likes there are, the more information that will come out about that movie. And just stay tuned for... Uh, the upcoming promotions and uh, details about the film itself. And of course, once we get closer to, the, to actually producing the film, uh, I think Justin and I have discussed actually doing a show completely on that film, just like we're going to do for his book once he gets that done. Yep. If Absolutely. he gets that done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll work on it when I'm not doing the hundreds of other things that I'm doing. Um, all right, and folks, um, I do want to bring this up again before we head out. Niece um, Elena is uh, trying to raise money for sick children uh, through Treasure Each Moment, excuse me, Treasure Each Moment, a nonprofit organization uh, that specializes in uh, special medical needs for children. Uh, and you can just go to GoFundMe.com forward slash PL, the number six, TGK, and make a donation there. And uh, on that note, uh, that is the end for us. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace.
Hey Hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.